0: I feel like I generate a lot of the memes on the Instagram. You generate a lot of the memes. I generate memes.
1: You are meme generator general. Do
0: you remember that website meme
2: generator? Yeah. That was like run by by you. Oh.
1: (laughs) Claire just did a thumbs up. This is being an audio medium. You wouldn't have realised that.
0: You know what? Actually, I'm gonna say this. What frustrates me a lot when I listen to like bantery podcasts. When we do something that's probably visual, we explain it in the podcast because common sense. Mm. But there's a lot of podcasts out there that just do something stupid and then they never explain. And so I'm just there listening to them something rattle and they cackle and I'm like, but I want to join in on the fun.
1: There are a lot of podcasts which can be boiled down to five white dudes in a room (laughs) gesturing at each other and then giggling and then you have to listen to 25 minutes of them going... No, no, stop! <laughs> you're making, you're doing the thing. You know the. the you're the calling thing. me yeah. out.
0: I listen to so many podcasts where, it. it's I, I can tell it's very men dominated.
1: Yeah. The,
0: the at least in the genres of podcasts that I that I listen to, I'm sure there are some great. Actually, no, that's not true. I listen to the Bechdel cast. Let's talk about myths, baby, and f boys of literature.
1: My friend watches
2: that, listens to that.
0: I hope she doesn't watch that. They're all good, I highly recommend.
1: Hmm. Yeah. More female-led podcasts, please. More female-led art in general, please.
0: Go see Little Women, it's very good. Yeah, it's alright.
1: I haven't seen it.
0: Happy New Year! Oh yeah, we didn't ring bells for this one, but Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year! God bless... No, that's Christmas. Anyway. (laughs) Hi guys, and welcome to today's episode of our podcast where we... I've forgotten. How do like, we, we always forget
2: well, the thing? We, we see how, how it goes. It goes. It's
1: not
0: how it goes. <laughs> we, we make, make blind, blind assumptions, assumptions about a film, film and, and then, then we, we well. We, we see how, how it goes. goes. It's a sing-along edition.
1: <laughs> see. see. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode uh, where we will be covering the classic Spielberg film, Jurassic Park.
0: Cute, really terrible flute.
1: I need to look up how long the film is. In (laughs)
2: 2020, are we changing this from a film review podcast to a flute review podcast? (laughs)
1: Genius Very brassy on the, the high end. I think it's not as good as the Yamaha K77, <clears throat> but I think maybe the Yamaha K66 is a... It's it's a decent beginner's flute, kind of medium range. I didn't, anyway. even,
0: I didn't even know that you knew anything about flutes. Neither did I.
1: I'm a music student.
0: <laughs> music graduate. Yeah, but you played yeah. the cello and, and the other thing. Yes, Do You see, this I is the thing the with Callum.
2: Like, I always okay, I forget how many instruments he plays and then I'll start counting them. So it'll be like, cello, guitar, bass guitar, sings bass, grade one, harp, clarinet. And then he'll just, I'll, I'll get to, you know, six or seven and then he'll just come out with like panpipes
0: and... Pan pipes. What is that?
1: Panpipes? Do you not know what panpipes are?
0: I think, is it like another word for bagpipes?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> It is now. I would love that. You know, lo- loads of, like, Ch- Chilean alpaca farmers hanging out on their mountainside playing bagpipes loudly to while the time away.
2: Carrie's still got old Lang Syne in her head. <laughs> what is it? I don't know what panpipes are.
1: <laughs> are we going to have to look up a video of panpipes? We'll do that in the break. We'll, yeah, we'll do that later. <laughs> we're, we're, like, five <laughs> minutes into recording and we're already talking about panpipes.
0: Steven Spielberg, like. Come y- you on. don't
1: know his life. You, you don't, really don't know, know his, his story. story. Are, you saying,
0: are you saying his secret hobby is panpipes on a mountainside? It could well I be. I like the panpipes. <laughs> <laughs> I like the
2: daffodils.
0: <laughs> Welcome to 2020.
1: <laughs> We're starting <here>, it we? as <laughs> we intend to go on, babbling incoherently. <laughs> Claire, I need to look up what the thing. Can you pass me the runtime? The run. The rune team.
0: I could time. ask Siri.
1: Two hours seven minutes, okay.
0: So that's two minutes and seven seconds.
1: Yeah. Your minute bunching is correct.
0: What do you mean? Like, I was re-listening to that episode the other day and I was like, in that moment, I knew that wasn't the thing and yet I still said it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Th- thank God you don't think about the things you say, Carrie. Otherwise, there'd be nothing left for this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> minute bunching. Ching. Okay, can I please re-explain minute bunching?
1: Here we go. Because... It's, it's time for Carrie's Correction Corner. <laughs>
0: So, <laughs> that's actually a good title. So the way how I was doing it was that when you have like 60 minutes and and like a bunch of 60 minutes and you collate them, it would be like 120, 180 and that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so my version, when I said like one hour and 20 or whatever, it was because of the minute bunching technique slash I don't know what else I called it. I still don't know what no, you mean, you're so, have, like, ugh, do I need I'm, a pen?
1: No, I'm following you the entire time and then you just oh. say minute bunching and that's... I that was a pen. That, that's, that's not a pen, that is in fact... <laughs> a flute. That's um, like a
2: it's recorder! No,
1: it's a tin whistle technically, which is actually yeah. more of a flute than it is a, um, a recorder. This
0: is a pan pipe.
1: This is not <laughs> a pan pipe.
0: The visual meme. (laughs) I I forgot.
1: I was gonna try and learn to play Jurassic Park on that to play it badly. (laughs) Carrie, Claire, have either of you ever seen Jurassic Park before?
0: Not the whole way through. I've seen clips of iconic moments, but I still have no
1: no no context. No
0: context whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I have not. I might have seen
2: one scene from one of the films about two years ago.
0: Otherwise, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, I did watch Jurassic World. Does that count?
1: Uh, not really.
0: Yeah, not really. Because I'm one of those people that watches the sequels before watching the original.
1: Trash! Ha ha! So, the film is two hours and seven minutes long, which means that you guys have two minutes and seven seconds in which tell me what you think happens in Jurassic Park. Starting from now.
2: Okay, so there's a few things I've been able to pick up just from being on the internet, being immediate. So I think it starts off where there is a, like a theme park and it's dinosaurs and people have like really grown dinosaurs and people like go to Jurassic Park and it's really cool, you can like see dinosaurs. And then things go wrong, like they escape or they start eating people or something along those lines. Um, and so they have to evacuate the park. But there are some people who for some reason managed to stay there, maybe they didn't get the memo, maybe they were locked in a toilet cubicle or something, I don't really know. Um, And so they then have to run away to like a science laboratory, and then Jeff Goldblum is also there. I assume he plays a character, he might just be playing Jeff Goldblum, props to him uh he for some reason does not have a shirt on throughout the entirety of the film and so he finds this velociraptor and he gets tricked by it and then it's clever girl <laughs> moments because the velociraptor has been super clever um and they're all in a jungle
0: uh with switch the, yeah and it turns into an episode of i'm a celebrity get me out of here <laughs> So, it's... The, the Velociraptor is actually Anton Deck in a costume. <laughs> the Velociraptor then introduces to them bush took a bush Tucker trial. And Jeff Goldblum says to them, Why did you do this? And Anton Deck are like, We thought this was a really inventive, well before it's timed, because... Iverslamp has technically not started yet. And we thought this was a really inventive way to start it. And Jeff Goldblum says, just because you can doesn't mean you should (laughs) 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 And then they do it and they only get like uh, three stars. So then the cab starves and then actually the dinosaurs get hungry and then eat them. And there's a helicopter at some point, probably at the end. But we need to fetch the dinosaurs and to collect the corpses. Oh, I thought that was... I was actually like, helicopter kind of just panning away. Ah, yes, that's even better. And Jeff Goldblum is also (laughs) trouserless. I feel like that's less what we think happens in the film, more carries
2: wish fulfilment.
0: It is my... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I just... We had five seconds left and I was like... I wanna say something funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that that you did. I can't fault you on that. That being your criteria. Well then, I I guess it's time for us to watch the film. I guess and, Jurassic uh,
0: Park is set in Australia. <laughs> Is it, set, is it
2: set in Australia? I'm a celebrity set in Australia, yes. I did not know that. Oh. That
1: makes I mean, sense. Is, is it set in Australia? Is it just filmed in Australia? Where I is, mean, filmed, I mean, it it is, is filmed in Australia?
0: Set. <laughs> Where, what is the motivation of in a velociraptor costume? <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's my motivation in this scene? Um, and then there's just like another one muffled from below. What's my motivation in this scene as <laughs> well?
0: The question is, who's the top and who's bottom? No, I mean, people supporting have been wondering deck. which is the deck top or bottom between Anton
1: and Deck for years. Deck is so. on
0: top because he's the shortest, so he stands on... <laughs> so he's back. got the tiny arms.
1: <laughs> that makes a surprising amount of sense. So, I yeah, guess uh, we should uh, watch the film and then we'll uh, see how it goes.
2: I think we're going to be entirely accurate on this one. I've got a good feeling about this. Yes.
1: See how it goes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so now we come to our trivia for this episode. So this film features a character that was intended by the author to be viewed as a dark Walt Disney. Michael Crichton, who wrote both the novel and the screenplay for Jurassic Park, originally intended John Hammond, as played by Richard Attenborough, to be portrayed as a dark Walt Disney, but he became much more sympathetic as the story developed, and this idea was pretty much abandoned for the film. Yeah. Right, let's get back
0: to the episode. All right, laddies.
1: <laughs> oh, Why do you always choose to start talking? Just... I
0: don't see it! I don't see I know, it at I,
1: all! I know you don't, but inevitably I press record and then you just start doing something. <laughs> you, you're just an automatic meme generator.
0: Everyone says I'm a walking meme. You are. That is me. That meme. is me, Callum.
1: That is meme.
0: I'm gonna be obnoxious for the rest of I mean always obnoxious. I'm sorry.
1: yeah, that's that's also true. It's okay. It's what it's what you're here for, Carrie.
0: I'm here for the obnoxious content. You're here to provide reason the 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 rational context. and Claire is here to moan about health and safety or lack thereof. Yes. So, I'm so, glad uh, you're the one that said
1: it. Now we've uh, now we've decided what our roles are in the podcast, uh, 9 episodes in. Yes. <laughs> now we're ready to get down to business.
0: To defeat the hunts.
1: <laughs> so we finished watching Jurassic Park. <laughs> Any thoughts that people want to share before we get on?
0: <laughs> That's on uh, a panpipe
2: you still don't know what pan pipes are we haven't told her we're saving it for uh, when we finish recording the podcast treat it's an incentive it's
0: the uh, it's the post credits reel
1: like you, you know when you used to like have some chocolate and you wanted to revise and you'd be like hang on you know I finished this page then I can have a square of chocolate it's like that except panpipes are chocolate
2: I get what you mean. Yeah. Shall we film Carrie discovering what perm pipes are and we can post them on the Instagram? Yeah. We can
0: if we so desire. We,
1: we've had our, 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 our talks about the film, our, our, our initial thoughts, which means it's time for our, everybody's favourite section of the podcast. Good, good and, bad and bad and mean. Good and bad As and meme. meme.
2: <laughs> we do enjoy
0: the memes. Yes.
1: Okay, so uh, starting with you, Carrie. What was your good bit of the film?
0: My good bit. Well, I I, I want to talk about like a specific scene, and and one of my favourites is the scene where they wake up from their essentially night of terror, and uh, they end up feeding the vegetarians. That is the brachiosaurus. Go away! It's okay. It's okay. It's a brachiosaurus.
1: To vegosaurs, let's vegosaurs. Mm. Come on, come on, girl. Come on, come on, come on
0: baby. Come on. Mm. You! all right, I'm not letting go. <coughs> Yeah, maybe. Can I touch it? Sure.
1: Just think of it as kind of a big cow. I
0: like cows.
1: Come on, girl. Come on, up here, girl.
0: I just found it very wholesome and cute because a lot of the time, it's not all of them are terrible people. It's just that there was nothing really compelling me to like them. And so actually seeing them actually starting to like care about nature and like trying to get along with with the dinosaurs, it was just very wholesome. And it was a very nice bonding activity um, for the doctor to bond with the kids.
1: I liked it. Yeah, I I, I definitely found that it was a very compelling part of the film, especially because it's the whole kind of starting to show that Dr. Grant is actually, like, he is capable of spending time with kids without threatening them.
0: Yeah, uh, because at the beginning, there's the bit where, um, it's like, oh, it looks like a turkey! And it's like, it can, li- it can, uh, the velociraptors can literally rip you to pieces. Yeah.
1: Alive. And he like, he goes into gratuitous detail, it's like, you can tell, like, it isn't just him trying to move a point, it's just like, oh, well, you know, they're actually quite dangerous, they're a pack hunters. You could just have, like, him say, like, three sentences and get the same point across, but instead he was just like, yeah, and they're gonna, like, rip out your intestines and eat you alive, and like, you can tell he's enjoying scaring this kid.
2: Yeah, it's a bit weird, it's like, he felt the need to have that kind of power move to assert, like, dominance. And it's just like, I mean, A, you're currently, I assume, leading or co-leading this research dig, and you are a man with a PhD. And, yeah, there's this bratty kid who, you know, is hilariously calling out velociraptors for looking like turkeys. But it's just, like, it's just a bit unnecessary. So like, are you really that insecure? I yeah.
0: what oh, you mean, actually, like, the lack of... Like, kids do say dumb things, like, when they're, when they're fairly ignorant about things. But I think also maybe the reason why the Doctor is, like, appreciative of these kids because they show genuine interest in dinosaurs, whereas that kid is like, hey, it looks like a turkey, it looks whiny whiny.
1: To a certain extent, yeah, but then he's also really dismissive of Tim, like, right at the beginning, mm. when Tim's like, I read your book. And I think if any, like, actual person came across a kid and the kid was like, oh you're a paleontologist and I read your book, you'd be like, oh, cool, so are you, like, interested in it? What did you like? Not just, like, that's nice, and then shut him in a car and leave him. It's a whole pattern of behaviour leading up to this point, but then the fact that he starts to actually care about them and be protective of them, like, first of all, I think, because it's a a feeling that he has to because someone has to look after these kids, and then because he wants to, is, like, a really good and interesting, like, character development thing for him.
2: Mm. It's really nice to just have that bit of respite after all of the action and the tense scenes to have that just nice bit of sun's coming up. You've got, you know, a really big cow, essentially, and they just have that moment of peace before you know, the action starts happening again.
1: Yeah, definitely very good for the pacing because this film is a bit relentless otherwise. Claire, what was your good bit of the film?
2: Yeah, so my good bit was the cinematography. Um, There are a few scenes in particular where you just looked at them and just thought these are really, really well shot. The one that stood out to me, which is probably the one that a lot of people go for for commenting on this for this film, is there's a scene at the very end of the film where there are two velociraptors who had been uh, hunting the humans And they get eaten by a Tyrannosaurus rex who bursts into the main foyer of the visitor centre and eats the Velociraptors. And while he's, uh, sorry, while she, because all the dinosaurs, because most of the dinosaurs are female, while they are doing their like final pose at the end and roaring, there's a banner which states something along the lines of when dinosaurs ruled the earth, and that's a banner that you see uh, quite early on in the film as like a really cool establishing thing for the visitor center. That banner falls down around the Tyrannosaurus Rex while it's, you know, posing and doing its roar in a really, really beautiful way. And it's one of those stills, well, it's one of those scenes where you could just take a still from it, and that's a beautiful poster. Um, so, yeah, the cinematography was just, mm. it was pretty pretty good
0: yeah because it meant a lot in terms of because the humans like the, the dinosaurs literally terrified the humans off the island so as far as the dinosaurs are aware they are ruling the earth well are they aware but well, actually they probably are aware dinosaurs are smart
2: that is we one think. thing that we've
0: learned from this film <laughs> dinosaurs are smart they are, they are also problem solving well, mm. especially the velociraptors so yeah in a sense they do rule the world which I think is a really great way of displaying that metaphor
2: yeah, it's just really well done. Mm. It's
1: a really cool piece of symbolism. For me, like now, because I've watched this film probably like six or seven times over the course of my life and this scene now, it's still a cool piece of cinematography and I think it's very interesting that both of you um, watching the film for the first time were like, yes, that's really cool. And like actually like at the time we're saying, oh, that's really good. That's a cool shot. Now I watch it and I'm just like, yeah, that's a bit cheesy though. But I think that's just because I've seen it so many times. And it's also been parodied a bunch of times whenever anything does something vaguely Jurassic Park related. There's a Futurama one, I can't remember exactly what it is, but there's some kind of monster that's roaring. And then there's just the banner which just says, when monster roared. (laughs) Um,
0: That's the thing, because I haven't watched it. So even if I have seen things that have parodied it in the past... I didn't make that connection seeing that. I know what you mean. It's like when you haven't seen it and you're not
2: expecting it, then it's a really impactful moment and it looks amazing. Like with um, the film that we watched uh, last episode, It's a Wonderful Life, the point of that film is that uh, at the end you have some scenes where essentially uh, this angel shows the main character what it's like if he had never been born. That has then been parodied and taken on and done in so many other ways that it can be a bit cheesy now. But when you see the original
0: source material, it's really, really impactful.
1: Yeah. Because bad definitely... writers
0: have diluted it and so the meaning is actually meaningless.
1: Yeah, it's it's become enough of a meme now that to me it seems cheesy, even though it's actually a really cool shot. And I'm glad that you guys coming to it fresh had that same response that I had when I was like five and I watched this film and was like, Yes!
0: You, how are you not traumatised by this film when you were five?
1: Because my dad showed me Alien when I was four, <laughs> so I'm fine.
0: And I told you um, a story? Well, my sister was renting a DVD and she, um... It was like the Spanish film called Hamon Hamon, and it, it, the main menu was like playing, and it's just slideshows of like screenshots of the film. And this was going on for about twenty minutes, and then we all collectively realised together there were very graphic pictures of a woman's
1: chest area.
0: Chest area, and we just like oh, no. Caroline shouldn't be, shouldn't be seeing this and just turned it off and I'm like, but I've literally just been looking at it for 20 minutes, what does it matter <laughs> So yeah, apparently I've been scarred for life, guys.
1: Yeah. It made me
0: bisexual.
1: <laughs> oh, that, that's what happened. I wonder what happened with me. Did Alien turn... Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need to interrogate some things uh, in my own... You need to get off Tumblr,
0: Callum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. That, that's bad now, isn't it?
1: I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, my good bit of the film... <laughs> I really enjoyed, there is a a, a technique in uh, certain plays and especially um, more recently in films by uh, Noah Baumbach, um, which is something called Mammoth-speak, uh, which is something that was originally developed by a playwright called David Mammoth, where he would write his dialogue so it was very naturalistic. So people would, um, instead of having the very kind of like, I am saying my line and I have just finished it and then you wait and then it is the next person's line and they say it and everyone thinks in perfect, complete sentences and thoughts. Should he- we do
0: a demonstration, Callum?
1: I believe we should, Carrie. I think we should do a demonstration.
0: Right, so if at any point you want to interrupt me, just well, go I for think it. it would be, uh, well, uh, why are you interrupting me? guys, I need to say my point over this because, please, because uh, I really
1: please. think... Please, I, <laughs> that's That's mammoth speak. Um where people will interrupt each other naturally, where people may begin sentences and then have to collect their thoughts and restart a sentence. Um, It creates a kind of, like, very informal um, sense and a much more kind of, like, realistic, like, kind of grounded sense to conversations. And there are multiple points in this film where characters are speaking over other characters or interrupting other characters... And there are bits of dialogue which aren't audible because of things that are actually happening in terms of diegetic sound, which make it seem really grounded and realistic early on.
0: One of one of the examples I'd like to mention is um, you know the bit where um Richard Attenborough is like eating that ice cream and he's doing that um monologue and he says, Oh, and they're all on a merry-go carousel. non mammoth speech would be like, Oh, um, they were all on a merry round oh, but you would call it a carousel. Of course you're American yeah <laughs> um, um, which is a good example. And
1: there are times when like also during that scene where he got halfway through a line and then he took a spoon of ice cream and had to wait to finish the ice cream before he could continue his line. Mm. and it didn't come up like a oh, I've just finished a sentence, let me um and the next sentence it was in the middle. you know the first attraction I ever built when they came down from Scotland. It's a flea circus. Petticoat Lane. Really quite wonderful. We had uh, a wee trapeze and uh, a medica, um, car- carousel.
2: <laughs> but with this place, I wanted to show them something that wasn't an illusion. Something that was real.
0: But you can't think through this one, John. You have to feel
1: it.
2: (laughs) You're right. You're absolutely
1: right. Next time, it'll be flawless.
0: It's still the flea circus. It's all an illusion. When
1: we have control again... You've
0: never had control. That's the illusion. I was overwhelmed by the power of this place. But I made a mistake, too. I didn't have enough respect for that power, and it's out now.
1: And that made it feel really, really kind of well-grounded. And uh, 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 Richard Attenborough was, like, one of the best uses of this in this film. It gave him this kind of, like, eccentric sense Mm -hmm. to him where he would um, sometimes, like, interrupt himself with different kind of thoughts that he was having. It, It kind of... Gave him an interesting bit of character, and I really appreciated its use throughout this film, and I think it should be used in more films in general. Yes. So uh, let's move on to the bad bits of the film. Uh, Carrie, what was your bad bit?
0: May I ask for a runner... to to say my runner-up
1: for... I'll allow it. (laughs)
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, Podcast Master. I just want to... just a little reference, because I don't think this is any of our bad bits... I'm not going to explain Carrie is this. doing a
1: visual thing.
0: <laughs> oh, you know that thing where we complained about podcasts doing visual things and they're not explaining it, and then I go and do that and not really explain it? We oh. never
1: said we weren't hypocrites. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so um, I don't think anyone mentions this in their bad bit. I just wish that Jeff Goldblum's character was a bit was a touch more likeable because... I think at the time he was meant to be, like, this really cool, like, witty man that makes the odd quip, like, a, like in Marvel films nowadays. Everyone seems to make the odd quip every scene, but he actually most times comes across as a bit sleazy and a bit, like, gross see mm-hmm. I
1: do not I d I don't I'm not sure he was. Cause for a lot of the film No, no, as in I he was definitely sleazy. But like <laughs> as in I don't think he was intended to be a likable character. He spends okay, got most you. of that the makes film more sense. He spends most of the film being like annoying and antagonistic and like actively interfering in an ongoing relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's that time when he's just like, Oh, I'm always looking for a future ex Doctor Malcolm. Like It's clear that this is a person who is a sleazeball and knows he's a massive sleazeball and plays up to it.
0: I think it's because I like Jeff Goldblum, so I expected him to be a redeemable person.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I
0: I love Jeff Goldblum.
1: We all love Jeff Goldblum. He is a treasure. Dr. Ian Malcolm is not Jeff Goldblum. Uh,
0: Yes, that is true. Although he was shirtless in the end.
1: Yes. He was very much posing and glistening and other things. Anyway, that was your runner-up. R- oh, yeah, so
0: I need to actually say my bad bit. You actually said this earlier. Without the Brachiosaurus scene, it would be a bit relentless. I would argue that it is still relentless because almost every scene, there seems to be... Oh. Oh. oh, Like, it's always... We think we're safe. Then we're not. I think we're safe. We're not. It's just... There's never any kind of... Apart from the Brachiosaurus scene with the terms of respite, it just can, it just goes on until oh they're on a heli. is nothing. Oh no, they are going now. It is the end. I agree. It's just I feel like it's
2: you know it's a action film, so you know you are going to have a lot of moments of action and suspense, but it's just so relentless. I think it just becomes not enjoyable to watch, at least for me, very much, and I. Part of this is definitely just because I don't really enjoy thrillers. I don't really enjoy action films. don't really enjoy the feeling of, you know, that suspense of, oh, no, they might die and stuff. But I felt like it was to the point that you couldn't let yourself get invested in the character because you were just like, well, they might die immediately. And I felt that it was relentless to the point of the film not actually being that enjoyable for large chunks of it because you were just held in this constant sense of, dread suspense these unpleasant feelings the
0: odd thing is that i think i'm the opposite of that because (laughs) i'm like oh well they're the main characters so they're not gonna die because like with the doctor and the kids and stuff i'm like but they they're the main characters so they'll be fine and so like seeing them in these quote-unquote perilous is that word yeah yeah okay cool perilous situations uh i'm just like well they're not gonna die so Game I'm of not... Thrones has ruined
1: me. I, I literally <laughs> said this. At one point when we were watching it, Claire was kind of saying, well, they're all just going to die. I mean, it's obvious that they're all going to be picked off one by one. They're all going to die. And I just looked at you and I was just like, you're making a lot of assumptions about this film. And you're like, yeah, but they're all going to die though. And I, I literally just said, well, Game of Thrones has ruined media for you.
2: <laughs> In a fairness, out of the, what, eight main characters? There were ten
1: proper were main ten characters. There ten
2: characters, four of which died. That's a very high death rate. Four out of ten, 2 out of five. Yeah, but that's still very high. you oh, yeah, know, it you've is got very five high, main characters. If you've got the Scooby-Doo gang and two of them die, that would be a shock twist to the episode <laughs> in the series. But I mean, it's still we need Shaggy? Attraction. Shaggy is too powerful. Is sh- Shaggy's oh, the one doing no. the killing. Shaggy
1: is only using one percent of his power. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no! I was a
0: terrible meme. It was Shaggy it- all along.
1: <laughs> Shaggy is the T-Rex.
0: Shaggy is Dendry. <laughs> Shaggy is that guy who shuffled. the...
1: <laughs> anyway Soiks. so uh claire what was your bad bit of the film
0: right so here, here we, we go, go. folks <laughs> we're gonna say this now claire didn't like this film
1: okay just so before your butts. people who are regular listeners to the podcast we're gonna give you three seconds to guess what claire's issue was is with this film three two one
2: the of any consideration for health and safety. safety. The
0: top ten anime um, <laughs> t- plot twist. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <Continue. laughs> I love you. Although, in fairness, I
2: feel like all of my quibbles with health and safety have just led up to this being the pinnacle of my health and safety rant.
0: Yes, and also it means when I watch content now, I do think you are a good influence. I do think that's really bad health and safety. <gasps>
2: that's all I've ever wanted.
0: <laughs> that's not hear. practical. <laughs> <sighs>
2: okay, so the initial scenes in the park, you see the cage with a very large dinosaur probably a t-rex we don't know what the dinosaur is Um, and we see it starting to be released you have a lot of people with guns however there's one person who still gets grappled and eaten by the t-rex there should have been some more consideration to the fact that the t-rex could just grab somebody and eat them. That should have been, you know, that should have been a very high risk factor because everything is a nine nine on the risk factor, uh, the risk assessment scale, because everything is very high likelihood of death. So that's number one. Secondly, you see that many, many staff around the park talking to Richard Attenborough and saying, you know, you need to think about this more. Have you thought about this? This isn't going to work. This isn't safe and him always saying, oh no, it's fine. He, in particular, um, dismisses the lawyer who is constantly uh, thinking of things which is like, this isn't safe, this isn't good. The investors are gonna pull out, this is not a good idea. Until the lawyer realizes how much money you can make and uh, in traditional lawyer fashion, decides to go on the uh, hard sell, which, you know, as a law graduate, I appreciate. However, you just have this continual issue of the parks, main issues is just being health and safety. There was just not enough health and safety for thought. There were not thorough risk assessments and we can see that in how everything went wrong. So for starters you know the visitors should not have been able to get out of their cars. They should not have been able to um, get out of their cars and just kind of go and wander around the park as they do comment on. There should have been a lock system although you know proper health and safety there should have then been like a manual override you know just in case there was fire or something like that but anyway um you know the, the visitors should have had uh more supervision they should have not been able to just kind of wander around the park secondly they should have been able to you know get back to the park really safely um there should not have been one person who can just override everything who did just turn off everything while there were people out there
0: and that's just oh Because he wanted to make the dollar.
2: I could go on, but I'm just going to say that this place would not pass any of my risk assessments. Good job
0: that it is fiction.
2: Yes, it is fictitious. Yeah, long story short, the health and safety was really, really frustrating. or The lack of health and safety was really, really frustrating. And then my second part to that is that it was so easy for one person just to unleash absolute chaos because he wanted to and those two things in my mind made it very very frustrating for me to then watch the film because it was all so preventable with the correct precautionary steps being taken none of this should have been able to happen and you know we can argue that this is a film that is meant to be about you know corporate greed and stuff like that however it should not have been allowed to happen with the correct health and safety precautions and if they had gone through the health and safety precautions, this film, well, wouldn't have been made because who wants to watch a film about health and safety, apart from me. But it just made it very frustrating for me as a viewer to watch the consequences of a few stupid, really, really preventable decisions. Rant over. Thank I you, I like client. being Seth. Sorry? I like being Seth. Seth. Safe. Seth. Seth, I was just saying safe weird. Yes, also, as a side note, a, a Dr... Oh, what's her name? Ellie. I, I can't remember yeah, her Dr. name. Dr. Sattler. Dr. Sattler. Um, going on from when Dr. Grant is being really, really rude to that kid who calls the dinosaur a turkey, she just then goes up to him and says, if you wanted to scare the kid, you should have just pulled a gun on him. Everyone knows that's the first rule of guns: if You don't just point guns I at people. I think that's people. the joke that's the point.
1: She's being... She, she's, she's like... Pointing out that he's just being an idiot and trying to deliberately scare this kid, she's just she's just like could have done it much quicker if you just pulled a gun on him.
2: That makes more sense.
1: Yeah, she's she's having a go. She's not being like, why don't you also shoot the child?
2: Yeah,
0: otherwise this would be a twelve.
1: <laughs> he <laughs> would not, not be a twelve. Just shot
0: the child? He wouldn't
1: have reached twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so my bad bit of the film. Um, <laughs> It's fine. What? The child did not die. He you did not shoot the a child.
0: Because Dr. Grant did consider health and safety in that moment.
1: So, my bad bit. This is something which, the more I've been thinking about, the more it bothers me throughout the entire film. What I originally wrote down is, people keep being stronger than dinosaurs. <laughs> there's constant times when there's, like, a dinosaur pushing on one side of a door and people pushing back on the other. And you've gone through all the process of telling us that these are like, they're like nine foot long and six foot tall and they've got humongous muscles and they're built for hunting and it's up against like a fairly wiry dude who spends his life digging. He would clearly lose in this battle of strength, especially at the point when there's like two of them pushing on a door and he's pushing back and he hasn't got like grip with his feet. It's like they would just push the door open.
0: Look, there's a bit where um, Tiny Tim, I'm calling him, after being zapped with 10,000 volts and having a limp, managed to shut the door on a velociraptor. Which I was like, what?
1: Yep. This is another point. This
0: kid died. This kid would totally die.
1: This is another point, which, which, which got it for me, is the fact that there's a point when he is outrunning a velociraptor and he's got a limp. He is like a, like an eight-year-old with a limp who is outrunning something which they've just said earlier in the film can run at 60 miles an hour. And he manages to outrun it, trick it, and then close a door on it. But at the same time, the guy who was like an expert on velociraptors managed to get outsmarted and hunted by two of them. But this kid did not what I realised is the dinosaurs are exactly as strong or smart or fast as they need to be for that scene. And then they change it from scene to scene. Mm. Also, they had the whole thing where, like, you would always hear the T-Rex coming because it's humongous and it makes, like, the big rumbly noises and, like, water shakes and, like, all that kind of stuff. But then in the final scene, it somehow manages to sneak up on some velociraptors and (sighs) and no one noticed it was in the building. Also, how did it get in the building? (laughs) It would have to, like, bash through a wall.
2: It was a bit dare sex machina. However, now I just want to see a version of this where the T-Rex comes in like the Kool-Aid man.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> what was that advert with uh, Michael... Is it Michael Jordan that did that, um, uh, oh, what's the drink called? There's
1: the like Kool-Aid. a Kool-Aid.
0: It's
2: you not mean Kool-Aid. The
0: thing... I swear it's not Kool-Aid.
2: It's the, the one with the Kool- jug that crashes through the, the wall.
1: wall. And it goes, oh yeah, that's Kool-Aid.
2: That's Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Yes. The
0: advert with Michael Jordan. Is it Michael Jordan?
1: I don't know I if don't it know. is Michael Jordan. It's someone in a jug suit. Oh,
0: this is really annoying me now. I really need to know that advert. Oh, d- <laughs>
1: Okay, well, well, Carrie looks this up. Yeah, that was my main bad bit with the film. Is just. Also,
0: this is the cinematographer. Dean
1: Raymond Cundy.
0: Dean Cundy.
1: Very good job, Dean Cundy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's just my, my bad bit with the film that they are not consistent in how the dinosaurs function, and it becomes very clear once you look at it in kind of in context that they changed the rules of how the dinosaurs work to fit the scene, when I feel like they could have quite easily changed it by having it be different dinosaurs doing different things. There was no reason why it had to be that the Velociraptors were the same thing that was hunting Timmy as it was that was hunting the hunter Muldoon. You could have just had different dinosaurs, and it wouldn't have been as much of an issue of, like, why do these incredibly intelligent pack hunters, are they not able to find an eight-year-old in a fridge? It's a bit a bit inconsistent, but when you're watching the film, you don't really notice because they don't let you stop to think in this film. They just kind of keep throwing stuff at you. Mm. So in some ways, that's a strength as well as a weakness of the film that they don't give you time to consider it because if you did, you'd probably be a little bit bought out of it. But really, that's one of the only things that I have to say bad about the film.
0: I gave up on the meme, by the way.
1: You gave up on the meme? I
0: gave up on the meme.
1: You did not find.
0: I, I can generate memes, but I can't find memes. I thought <laughs> so you are a Hufflepuff.
1: You're good finders.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, no, I didn't mean you were a bad Hufflepuff. It's okay, I'm baby. not a Hufflepuff. I'm having an, an
0: existential crisis. It's okay, you're a Hufflepuff. That means I'm my least house, which, which I'm a Slytherin.
1: No, we need to end her, her existential crisis. We must give her something that she needs, something that she loves, something like...
0: Memes! memes.
1: <laughs> Carrie, what's your meme?
0: What is my meme? Yeah, no, I do know my meme. <laughs> I know I say that every episode. What is my meme? And maybe that's my meme. What's my meme? What meme?
1: You what's that Pokemon? <laughs> meme!
0: Anyway... My meme is that I'm declaring it's canon. Tim, a uh, uh, vault dim, vault Tim is Tiny Tim from Christmas Carol. He's aged well. He's aged very well. He must have got the elixir of life from the philosopher's stone. I'm crossing all the all the fandoms here.
2: Are you saying that Ebenezer Scrooge was actually Newt Scamander? Yes.
0: <gasps> it it Why is sense. every
1: film in the Fantastic Beasts-verse now?
0: Because <laughs> everything this is. is. This yeah. J.K. Rowling can't be bothered to come up
2: with anything new anymore. I think the issue is she comes up with too much new stuff. Yeah. If you don't know what I'm referring to by that, then be very grateful you haven't seen a Twitter account recently.
0: I still want to see Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, but a part of me just wants to not watch the others, because apparently the next one is an utter... <sighs> Wasteland.
1: Oh the second one.
0: Yes. I just got oh, to boy, The something. crimes of Grindelwald.
1: The the crimes of cinematography and hmm. storytelling and literally everything. The
0: crimes of cinema.
1: What's your meme? <laughs> we we got we got halfway through explaining your meme. And oh, we it's went
0: because up... so especially like after Because he's tiny, he's a child, and his name is Tim. And he just ended up getting into all of these shenanigans, like being trapped in a car as it's chucked off a cliff, nearly got crushed by said car when trying to climb down a tree, nearly, and got shocked by 10,000 volts, and still manages to outrun a velociraptor when he's having a, a little hobble. So I think... This Tim is Tiny Tim. And he says, God bless you. How can I forget to the the Brachiosaurus?
1: He says, God bless you. He's got a limp. He's tiny. His name is Tim. He spends a fair amount of time coughing after he gets electrocuted. He just goes through the process of becoming Tiny Tim. This is Tiny Tim Origins.
0: Yes. (laughs) How does he get sent back to the past? We never saw the father.
1: We didn't.
2: 'cause he was working and it was Christmas Day.
1: Yes. Yes. His name is Tim Cratchit. It's Canon.
0: Tim I really, 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 really want this to be Canon.
1: Canon Spielberg, is whatever you make it.
0: Please do me a solid <laughs> uh, Steven Spielberg. Please. Stevie,
1: baby, please.
0: <laughs> Steve. 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 Alan. Alan. There's a character called Alan. Steve. Alan. Alan. Steve. Alan. Steve. Alan? Steve. Alan.
1: Is this Tim stuff funny?
0: Tim it's Probably
2: two decades on since that. Yeah. That
1: that's what, that's um, primary school. Primary school level meme.
0: Alan, Alan, Steve, Steve, Alan. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, basically, Tiny Tim is Tim and Tim, Tiny Tim, 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 the adventures of Tin Tin and the dog and and mysteries and Tim Tim. Claire, no, what's your meme? It's Tintin, not Tim Tim. I know, and that was the joke, Claire. What is your meme? <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: so my meme is less a particular moment of the film that I found particularly funny, and more I finally understand where so many memes came from. And I will give you. Three, just as the examples, and these are memes from the 2010s, mm. so I guess they're kind of obsolete now. The first of all is "Look, look, nobody cares," which is in the first ten minutes of the film, which I know that is from Jurassic Park. Uh, the second is Jeff Holdblum, as apparently my phone is auto, which also to. said
0: Jeff <laughs> um Yeah, like his my- brothers. They were on set.
1: <laughs> They were his body doubles.
0: No, they normally have different names, not different last names.
1: It's just a coincidence. It's
0: it's, it's not the Goldblum family, it's the Jeff families.
1: Yes. My name it's Jeff. Jeff
0: is the last name. It's just the procedure in the military where they say last names first.
1: Yes. Gildbloom Jeff. Goldbloom Jeff. Holdbloom Jeff.
0: Um,
2: Meme-shanary, Claire. Yeah, the second one is uh, Jeff Goldbloom just posing, Toblers, which is... Yeah, and the third is Clever Girl, which was the one, one that I had recognised from this film. And when I saw um the guy kind of going out to hunt, I was like, all ah, right, this is where Clever Girl happens, okay. um, So yeah, I found out the origin of so many memes. It's a good time. Yes, it is a fun time. Yeah, mm. so many memes from t- the 2010s, which are now obsolete. Yeah, but now Claire, I know, you're so... Stay behind the times. You stay behind. They're never um,
1: obsolete in my heart.
2: Oh mm. I want to vomit.
1: Yeah. Are you saying that Jeff
2: Goldblum is forever in your heart?
1: I mean, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's fair. Is He's did you Jeff not know Goldblum? This?
2: In fairness, I did get you that Jeff Goldblum album.
1: Yes, you for... got me a Jeff Goldblum jazz album for Christmas a couple of years ago, yeah. and it's very good. It's surprisingly good. <laughs> Just before I get to my meme, I just want to do a quick throwback to last episode where we discussed uh, the diaz Ray as a musical meme and just uh, to put up a running counter that it also appears in this film at one point for a brief second when uh, Alan, uh, they've all got back into the control room and they think they're safe and he looks up and he sees that there's a velociraptor at the the door and he kind of throws himself against the door to try and stop it and they're staring at each other. You hear just the tiniest snippet of ba 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 in um, one of the wind parts, and it's just like, yep. So uh, if you're keeping your eyes out for, for diaz Ray in, in films, there's one in this one as well. But my actual meme is something... There's one of the scenes where... Um, in this actually, this this same sequence, where they manage to get the phones working again. And um, they call up Hammond, and they they manage to get him on, on, on the phone um, to tell him that all the systems are working again, and they can evacuate the island, that they can call for help. And as he picks up the phone, they manage to get this, um, this across to him. But then the velociraptors break through the door, and um, they have to end up uh, firing uh, their shotgun at it. Um, and all you can hear is uh, the orchestral music, and the sound of the shotgun, and what's coming down the other end of the phone. And Hammond just screams something. But I couldn't tell what he was saying. And when I heard it, I thought he literally shouted, cut, and then it cuts to the next scene. Mr. Hammond, the phones are working. Children alive?
0: The children are fine. Call them Haland. Tell them to send the damn helicopters. Gonna come through the glass!
1: And it's probably not something that actually happens in the film, but it was enough of a funny moment for me that it has become my meme for the film. Hammond shouting cut to dramatically cut to the next scene.
0: Hammond was actually the director the whole time.
1: Mm.
0: Richard Spielberg Attenborough here. was actually the director the whole time.
1: Yeah, David Attenborough was on set with the dinosaurs and was just like, uh, just, just cut to the next bit. And Richard was like, oh, that's a good line, yes. Mm. Mm. So yeah, that's that's my meme for the film. But honestly, this film is just full of wonderful memeable moments and things that have since become memes. It's just, it's a really good film for meme.
0: Really good film for meme? For meme. For me or meme?
1: Yes, for me, me. I
0: mean, you are <laughs> meme, so...
1: Yes. Meme. Um, also, just just uh, for, for a, a little extra meme... Because I've got three, because I'm a greedy boy. Um,
0: (laughs) You did let me have two bad bits, to be fair.
1: Yeah. During the final scene, when they're on the helicopter and they're flying away, Claire said, No, it's bad. The flying ones are going to go away and breed. (laughs) That was a bird. (laughs) I pointed out that it was a bird. And Carrie, perhaps in editing, can we put in a little kind of like refined classical music underneath this? Yes. Ahem. Birds are just dinosaurs. But now, Claire,
2: 2020. This is my legacy. I wear it with pride.
1: So, okay, so guys, uh, what do you think the moral of the story is?
0: Don't play films that will upset Claire. Meaning, don't play films that display... Health and safety risks.
1: Claire, what is your moment of story? Do
0: your health and safety! To describe the visual, Claire is saying this as she is scraping her face all the way down with her fingers.
1: She's torn uh, her face off.
0: Yeah, I didn't do a risk assessment off. on that.
1: That's on the list now. <laughs> really? Classic John Travolta. That's Nicolas really Cage bad film. health and
0: safety. They swap faces.
1: They probably went through risk assessments for that one. Anyway,
0: <laughs> Claire's confused. I've never heard of this film before.
1: Well, now it's on the list.
0: Gotcha. No, it's the, it's like the one with John Travolta and there are lots of films mm. with John
1: Travolta. Mm. Okay, mm. keeping that secret because now it's on the list.
2: <laughs> Callum, what was What's your, your moral moral moral
1: story? story? So, regular listeners to the podcast, say it with me. Capitalism is bad.
0: Capitalism <laughs> is bad. Callum. 2020 and 2019 and, and forever twenty and always. eighteen
1: and the 20, rest of 16. my life so uh let's take a little hop back in time to uh the jurassic era perhaps and listen to what we thought was going to happen in this film
2: it starts off where there is a like a theme park and it's dinosaurs and people have like really grown dinosaurs and people like go to Jurassic Park and it's really cool you can like see dinosaurs. eating people or something along those some lines. Some people who for some reason managed to stay there, maybe they didn't get the memo. And so they then have to run away to like a science laboratory. Jeff Goldblum is also there he for some reason does not have a shirt on throughout like the entirety of
0: the film. And it turns into an episode of I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the Velociraptor is actually Anton Deck in a costume. The cap <laughs> starves and then actually the dinosaurs get hungry and then and jeff goldblum is also trouserless.
1: do we prefer how it goes or how it doesn't
0: i prefer how it
2: doesn't i think that ant and deck in the velociraptor suits would have made for a much more enjoyable film
0: but think about it if it was it was if it was deck stood on top of ant that would be really bad in terms of health and safety because that would be pressure on Ant's back it would be better than death okay that is very true and at least with Bush Tucker Trials, the lizardy things, they have their mouths taped shut. Yeah.
1: I mean it it's it's a matter of opinion if having to watch Anton Deck for an hour is better or worse than death, so
0: <laughs> The
2: shade was unnecessary.
1: It's highly necessary.
2: This is an Anton Deck call out post. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this this put this meme created by the anti Anton Deck group. <laughs>
2: Anti-Antin <laughs> That sounds like it's the Anti-Antin Deck
0: group.
1: Yes, they're, they're We're all
0: Auntie Deck, did you not know? Oh.
1: It's it's I a national questions. thing. questions. Yeah. Carrie, would you rather die or watch Antin Deck?
0: <laughs> this is a different question than what I was prepared for. Okay, let me say, I prefer the first half of Jurassic Park because after that it becomes relentless. So I would actually splice it like how they did with the DNA, with frog DNA for dumb reasons. You're going to splice so it with a frog documentary. Yes,
1: oh. you'd watch the first half of Jurassic Park and then footage of a frog.
0: Well, no, that's cool because you could watch Richard Attenborough and then David Attenborough. No, It you makes could... so much sense. No, what I meant was first half Jurassic Park and then splice it with the, the I'm a Celebrity episode. I mean, in fairness, how we described
2: it is basically the first half of Jurassic Park, and (laughs) And then then the time is is magic. So you
0: actually preferred how it It doesn't. I did prefer how it doesn't.
1: Well, uh, I'm gonna have to break the mold here and say I prefer Jurassic Park to an Anton Deck fever dream nightmare.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nightmare, more like no mare.
1: Because
0: not a mare to it's watch out and deck. Yes! You made sense of it!
1: I'm I'm glad <laughs> someone understood. Cuz I definitely didn't. So, uh, I think it's time that we do our ratings for the film. How many Anton Decks in a Velociraptor suit <laughs> playing the panpipes out of ten? <laughs> do you give the film, Carrie?
0: Out of ten. Uh I will give <laughs> it's not <a> Christmas. <laughs>
2: Always like
1: Christmas <laughs> See, I thought you were doing like a you.
0: Guys, this is posted after twelve. Like we can't sing Christmas songs. <laughs> you are cursed for the rest of the year. You
1: oh, are literally no.
0: cursed. Um, I am going to give it a 7.75 out of 10.
1: Interesting.
0: Because I don't really love it enough to give it an 8, but also I don't think it deserves a 7.5, so I'm going to go for the, for the middle way.
1: This is getting more and more granular of a score system as we go along.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's gonna end up
2: with like I give it a uh, three point one four one five nine six five three five eight nine 7, You
1: can't okay. give a film pie out of ten. <laughs> I
0: can. What if it's a film about pie? We could watch *The Life, Life of, of Pie*. pie. <laughs> that is also an. Op- How many pies out of ten? We need that on the list now. We can't not do it. How many
1: pies out of three point one four one five nine? Anyway, Claire. What rating do you give this film? I'm
2: fixing Carrie's 0.25 because I was like oh, I don't I don't really enjoy it. There so are moments that I did appreciate. So I was thinking a six, maybe a six point five, because it is a classic. So I'm giving it a six point two five out of five. Thanks, 10. babes. Solz, Cal,
1: and <laughs> listeners. It chaos
2: <laughs> Yeah, like I there are lots of moments that I did appreciate, but as a whole I just didn't enjoy it for reasons that I've already gone into. First half I was just annoyed at how preventable it all was and how people were suffering because of it. And the second half was just so relentless. I felt like I couldn't really get into it. So, 6.25 out of 10.
1: I feel like I'm going to give it maybe a, a 7.5 out of 10. Like, I feel like it's a it's a solid action movie. It has um some really good kind of like it's got very a very strong like summer blockbuster vibes to it and that's something which is a bit tired now i did love it when i was a kid as an adult i love it slightly less but it's a good film and i think it's it's worth a watch uh if you can ignore blatant health and safety violations throughout
0: which i am unable to
1: indeed so social links and stuff
0: Oh yeah, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. The Instagram and Twitter is SeeHowItGoesPod and the Facebook is SeeHowItGoes where we post our highlights and also our scoreboard.
1: Indeed. Uh, If you want to follow uh, me particularly... Uh, you can find me at Callum Neville on Twitter. Or if you want to follow my music exploits, you can find me at Music A-R-P-G-I-O. And you can find that either on Twitter or on YouTube or on SoundCloud, wherever you want to look. And uh, I make the musics and stuff.
0: He made the musics very cool and magical. Thank. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at CarrieMo97 and also on Instagram at CarrieMo97. And I also have a photography Instagram called Photography. Please follow. I like having affection.
1: She take the pictures pretty. Thanks, B. Callum
0: yeah. gave the OK sign in scuba diving.
1: I did. And I'm going to give the thumbs up sign, which means now we have to rise to the top of the room.
0: What? Okay.
1: In scuba diving.
0: Oh. If
1: you do that, that means we have to go up.
0: Oh, we just rise. Yeah.
1: Okay. We're floating now. It's the shape of water all over again.
0: I was going to make a walking in the air joke, but that's Christmas.
2: Okay, and so our charity for this month is less themed to the podcast, more themed to what's going on in the world right now as we are recording this. As we speak, wildfires are raging across Australia through a colossal period of land. The fire and rescue services are putting their lives at risk to try and combat these fires. Um, Animals, people have lost their lives in them already and frankly, it's terrifying. So we are going to endorse donating to the Red Cross. Um, You can find them at redcross.org.au. That's the Red Cross of Australia Um, donate to them. Hopefully we can help in whatever way we can, even here in England
0: halfway across the globe from them to put it in context i was looking at a graph that said the size of basically all of england is burning in australia and that could be even more at this point it could be the whole of the united kingdom at this rate so anything that we can do i have i have a stepsister in australia at the moment and it's quite scary for her at the moment so anything that we can do which means Um, promoting a charity that is doing a lot of good for people in Australia at the moment is great.
1: What little we can give is going to make a big difference if we all give on a large scale to helping people survive and not only that but helping the environment bounce back and uh, helping people who find themselves having lost um, perhaps even their, their homes and belongings to the fire to be able to rebuild, which is something that is very much a worthy cause and uh, worth us deviating from our usual uh, podcast banter to make a decent point today that uh, whatever, however little you can give, it will be worth it. Mm. So, thank you very much, guys, uh, for listening to today's episode on Jurassic Park. And uh, join us again next time as we review something very special for our Valentine's Month special.
0: Because it is a month, isn't
1: it? It's not,
0: yeah. it's not just it a specific day. No, it's an entire no, month. It's entire, an entire month.
1: It's the entire oh, month. Oh,
0: you both are going to be insufferable, aren't you?
1: <laughs> are we not always insufferable?
0: No, I'm the insufferable one. Yeah, we oh, did this establish this. Yeah. We established this at the very beginning. Yeah. But, oh, yay, I can't wait for you to get all lovey-dovey and coupley and I'm just going to cry with the forever alone meme, even though that meme is out of date. Indeed. So, And also what's out of date is my will of finding love. I thought you were just going to
2: say your will, and I was just like, it's okay, I can help. (laughs) Okay. I don't think I've written a will yet. I haven't. I should do
0: that. Well, I think we're okay for the time being. You never know when they're going to build a Jurassic Park, and they're going to invite a lawyer to come along and... (sighs)
1: See you next time. Bye. Bye. See how it goes. Bye, folks. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.